0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020 Campari American, New York, New York. Never compromise. Drink responsibly.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Chris List. Today is Monday, September 21st. We are recapping week, two, week two's calamities, and there are many, many, many of them. Uh, mostly injury, but other some otherwise too. Uh, Chris, uh, just what a just a crushing week. <sighs> It was a tough week. Uh,
2: I mean, it feels a little better that it's tough for everybody. Like, you know, that you're not the only one who got screwed unless you happen to have every player, but you didn't have McCaffrey and Barkley probably on the same team.
1: I'm in a dynasty so, league where someone has that, has that. Uh, uh, yeah. See you later. Guy, it's like, feel, feel really bad
2: for him. Everything's for, you know, this year, they put all the eggs in the basket, ready to go. They had the right thing set up, had the two guys peaking at the right time and boom. It's over for them. Yeah. Yeah, It's bad. I mean, dude, I do the rankings for the rest of the year. I do like the, you know, the road Wire rankings and I put McCaffrey at 40. I put like, you know, I've got just these guys jumping around. I'm just like, all right, he's out four to six weeks. All right. He's 40. You know, like I just (laughs) made that up. I don't know where to put these guys. They're all just like, if I'm drafting today, like, where do I take the plunge? I'm McCaffrey out at least a month, probably about 40.
1: Right and yeah and I, I, we're talking off air and I go, does it matter if it's thirty or forty right now? But then like you were saying, like some people, you know, when they they're new to the site, they probably go to a cheat sheet right away. But you well, know, what do you do? I mean, it's just because it's, it's not science here, I and mean, you're not draft. You know, I don't I don't see too many places where you redraft every week. I mean, I. I suppose there's there's going to be people that cut a guy, and then you start to think, okay, for the rest of the year, who do I want? You know, obviously, if you're in a redraft league, you're cutting Barkley already. Uh, McCaffrey, you're probably cutting, but no, I don't think you're you're cutting McCaffrey. No, but I, 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 I put him 40th. That that's hot. I, I was yeah. wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, you don't. You don't. You're not cutting him, but I mean, you you might be thinking of him. Well, thinking no. of him a little bit once you get to bye weeks. What no, did they I they not think so. Okay, well, it's worse than we thought. Well, then you cut him then. I mean, yeah. you cut him then. But here's
2: the thing. I've made him 40th, which is high. That's like fourth round, right? It's like, okay, I'm taking this. If we're drafting the rest of the season. Because if he's out four weeks and then he's back for the last 10, 12, you know, whatever. I guess it's 10 more weeks. That's the most valuable player in fantasy. And, in fact, the last couple of years, he was one of the most valuable players in the history of fantasy. So, I think you got to keep him, but uh, you certainly can't take him in the first couple of rounds. If he's out a month minimum, and he might be out six weeks. And as you said, it, it could be a setback or he could get eased in or something, but it's just kind of arbitrary. and It doesn't really matter whether make him 40 or 50 per se. And it's just a, it's not a science, but, and cheat sheets are not nearly as important now as they were three weeks ago. But there's still a good quick, yeah, it's a test of the site. Like, are you keeping up on things Are guys being ranked? It's a good test of who do I drop? It's a good test of a trade. If I want to trade, it's a good test of, um, yeah, just like comparing, you know, how good is my team? I I can look at like where my guys rank. I don't know. I think there's still a a reason to keep up the cheat sheets though. It's obviously less urgent.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, it, it is, yeah, it is. It's just it's so hard to kind of find a good spot for that. Uh, when So when you so what did you decide with McCaffrey? Uh, you said 40. Is that 40 among running backs? 40 among no, overall 40 overall? 40. I mean, it's things too high. I mean, there's we so many guys that went down this week. Uh, let me look at it here. So you look the, at the guys immediately have. Would you rather have McCaffrey or Diggs the rest of the season? Yeah.
2: Diggs is good, but I mean, you're, you're getting Diggs like off his great game right. against the dolphins. And what, if he has a three for 24 game next week, you'll be like, really, you'd, you'd rather have that than McCaffrey for 10 weeks of the year, including your fantasy playoffs. <laughs> you know, so it, it switches very quickly in football, like how you value these guys, these receivers are so up and down. I mean, obviously Diggs is 41 overall, which is higher than he was in draft
1: season by far.
2: So I've moved him up.
1: Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, that's right. And he, and the thing is, John Brown looked like the main guy last week, and then Diggs looked like obviously like the man this week. And he's, you know, I've heard this many, many times. Diggs is one of the top five route runners in football. Uh, it's just that he, he was with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins wasn't able to take advantage of that, and maybe in part because of Cousins, in part because of uh, the coaching staff, Mike Zimmer, and how he wants to have a you know, a run-first offense. Boy, how's that looking, by the way? Uh, and now he's got scattershot Josh Allen. Well, scattershot Josh Allen at least will take shots.
2: And, and he's been much more accurate this year. He's yeah. got
1: like a 70% – he's had Jets and
2: Dolphins. but He was not accurate against the
1: Jets, by the way. He oh, he wasn't. Guys.
2: He, he missed, he missed a, lot, a, guys. a bad one in the end zone. If He just overthrew somebody, but uh, but he was accurate ye- uh, yesterday. And I think overall his accuracy on the season has been better. And you know, guys practice. It's a weird thing they actually practice their craft in the offseason sometimes.
1: Yeah, they do. Uh, so yeah, and you know, digs. We were like, oh, it's great to get them get them free. Oh, not Buffalo. Oh, you know, like it, it's, it's so funny how we perceive that. But it turns out that. At least after two games, the problem was not... The problem is more Cousins than it is anything else, so we'll see. Uh, I I don't know. That's a tough call. Uh, Others in that neighborhood, Cam Newton, Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup. You know, next running back. and I think that's a good way to test that out. Christian McCaffrey or David Johnson. And David Johnson had a pretty decent week one. Did do very little last week. And... Uh, 34 yards on 11 carries two of four cat targets for 16 yards it was the ravens but he gets pittsburgh next week does you know he's going to get games against uh, tennessee jacksonville and indy coming up that'll help i mean they start off i mean what a schedule start off ac yeah. baltimore pittsburgh yeah at
2: pittsburgh it's, it's pretty nasty <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's really bad for the Texans. I mean, what a stupid team they are though. But yeah, I mean, these guys are And this isn't that rigorous, you know, I'm not ranking them nearly as carefully as I would in the preseason where everyone's drafting off the list and it's super important to like really decide where you you want guys. Now it's a little more haphazard. I just kind of put them in an area where I think they're about there, but yeah, it makes you think, you know, like where would you take McCaffrey? And again, like the upside is he comes back in a month and he's Christian McCaffrey. That's worth That'd be worth a second round pick. But we don't know that everything's gonna be smooth. It's the Pianowski principle, which is don't be optimistic with injuries. Just, you know, don't assume the best case scenario. So that's you know, McCaffrey's like in great shape, dude takes care of himself, been healthy as a horse his whole career. So you'd be somewhat optimistic, but you know, the Panthers might be oh and six at that point, and they're really gonna rush him back or give him his full workload for the first couple of weeks back.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh that's an entire possibility that they could just say you know what we just signed you to a long-term deal thus the risk is put on us we're gonna arrest you you know yeah. they could do that very easily
2: or just ease him in you know just go easy i mean he likes the workload and they you know they're not too worried about him but they probably should be in a season like this where it's where it's you know it's a rebuild season you know it's crazy by the way i know this is a different topic but all the NFL tested negative. Like nobody tested positive for COVID. And I was thinking like, there's like 1500 players, 1600 players. I'm like, even if each one had a 1% chance, which has got to be higher than that, it's like statistically impossible. they would all test negative. It's like statistically impossible. I don't, I'm, it's not my, this is not like my, uh, it's not my beat that I'm covering. Like, I'm not like, Oh, I'm going to go, uh, my, my job is to rat at the NFL, but
1: like, I'm like, all right, they're playing through it. It's good for us, but, Sounds, so are sounds you implying bit, that they're covering up positive tests? I don't, I don't that know. not or, testing or, what?
2: Oh, I I don't know. I don't know what the what what the methodology is. But like, it just seems very unlikely to me that that you know, even if you had a 1% one percent chance, I said of fifteen hundred times, you're going to get positives. Again, it's not like even it's not like it bothers me that much. It's just sort of more like it just it just seems like people are just taking that claim at face value. Like, okay, oh, that's great. It's good for them, right? Uh, I will it say it seems far fetched to me. I, I, again, they're playing through it. The NFL is not going to be derailed. You know, they're not going to slow down. Not a single one baseball. Had to like rejigger It's schedule five times and do all this stuff. It seems to be muddling through, but you know, football is just like
1: F that we got zero. Yeah, it is weird. It is. It is strange. Uh, there were plenty of positive tests getting into camp, right? Part of it is, you know, Football always kind of runs on this sort of very disciplined track. You know, foot, football coaches are used to having complete utter control. I kind of wonder. I mean, usually that happens at other, le- you know, it starts at other levels, but still, to me, it's it, that that's kind of interesting. But I, I also wonder, though, maybe too. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at colleges and all the problems they're having. And there there are lots of problems. Games are getting cancelled. you know sometimes within twenty four hours before the game's about to happen, all of a sudden you got it cancelled. There's a big outbreak so that that to me is kind of uh that's a that's a strange thing here I don't know uh yeah I, I mean all, all you gotta do is raise the threshold I mean you know a lot of the stuff they said there's a lot
2: of extra i mean there's different theories, and so we don't want to get too deep into it, but that the amount of virus you have to have to be positive is a certain threshold and it's a little bit arbitrary where they set that it's not always, it's not obvious where you would set the threshold for being positive. So if you just set it a bit higher, <laughs> everybody's negative. I don't know. I don't know what, what the explanation is, but I just remember seeing that. And it was like, Oh, great news. I was like, yeah, full speed. ahead." we all want the NFL to keep playing. We'd rather be bitching about injuries than stoppages. So, uh, it, but it just, it just struck me as like, really <laughs> all of them, every single one.
1: I know. I know. I, that seems really odd. Seems very improbable. Right?
2: You didn't think about it until I brought it up. And now that I bring it up, it's like, no way. There's no way that is. Yeah. If you took 1,500 people at random, especially people who are on airplanes and congregating with lots of other people.
1: Well, and especially, I mean, course, be, and, and, and here's the thing, especially because there is no bubble. You know, there's, yeah, there's quasi- no bubble. bubbles. But like the NHL and the NBA, yeah, I buy it because they were in yeah, a bubble. Right. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and all that. But. Man, that's you're counting on every single person to be smart. Yeah, that's really. I mean, not even smart, just not to do anything, not to interact with anybody. Every precaution and get lucky. But even everybody associated
2: with those people to be of course, of course, and even if you took every precaution, fifteen hundred people. Come on, a couple of them would be positive.
1: Yeah, yeah, family members, friends. We're talking about. Guys in their twenties, after all, in a large part. I would just say,
2: I I, like, I feel, you know, I was like, oh, those idiots, and we don't want to get too again. I don't want to make the whole podcast about this, but when I was in my twenties, like, I don't know, man. I'd like to think that I would have listened to any reason, but most likely, uh, you know, boozing and hanging out with my friends would have. Would have been the number one priority. I, I'm just being honest. of what I, you know, my mental 20s, state. 20s, 30s, 40s,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. But especially back then. And, and yeah. the amount, the, the lack of respect I had for authority and still do pretty much. And imagine like back then, you know, in the 80s and, you know, early 90s, like the authorities, like you don't respect the authorities, you know? And now it's like the authorities. It's like.
1: You don't even need to embrace a real man ethos to think that you're fine, you know, you're safe. I mean, no. No, I mean if you're in your 20s especially. Yeah, I I just took a you know a week a week and a half ago or not even like 8 days ago I took a you know flight to Columbus, Ohio and back, and, you know, two flights each way, you know, you know cuz there's no direct flights. And yeah, the, you know, apparently I've been reading up on airplanes how they push a lot of air through and makes it safer than your basic indoor situation. You know, they do use all this technology and they do, they have spacing and all that, but yeah, you're you really kind of asking you're, you're counting on a lot of things going right. You're kind of knocking yep. on wood.
2: Yep. Anyway, it's just very curious. I, I hope we get through this whole season. It's a weird, it's such a weird trippy thing where, and, and I, I predicted this, that the NFL was going to be this little oasis of normalcy in this crazy chaos. Like we're going to go the NFL. It's normal. I mean, it's not normal how many guys have gotten hurt. It's normal that lots of guys have gotten hurt, but it's not normal that three of the top five overall picks are already out for extended periods. I mean, Mike Thomas, two to four weeks. McCaffrey, four to six weeks. Barkley after the season. Those by ADP are three of the five. Right. It's not even week two, done with week two. We still have a Monday night game.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, yeah, knocking, knocking on all the wood I have around because I've got a lot of Josh Jacobs and I don't want to see anything happen to him. But, uh, yeah, it, it's really kind of wild to see that. So let me ask you this. There, there are people that predicted a big you know slew a big outbreak of it not outbreak because that's not the right word but a a big slew of injuries maybe not necessarily those injuries but a big slew of injuries like the ones we've seen Uh, they suggested the lack of preseason shortened training camp no otas no mini camp you know change in routines all that would happen we saw that with baseball you know we don't know that there's a one-to-one correlation with that but are you buying that that's related to the big slew of injuries that we saw this weekend and the last week yeah a little bit yeah i mean
2: you know again like it's hard because there's variance every year and i think early in the year it's worse and it's kind of like baseball the pitchers get tommy john in march and early april and then it settles it's not like they never do in mid-season but it settles down a bit Mm -hmm. i think that'll probably be the same thing like we'll get the worst of it for the next week or two and then guys will sort of be in the swing of things but it is weird it's out of the routine and You know, who knows which guys, you know, it's different practicing on your own and having organized team practices. So, um, yeah, I I think there will be, you know, this is this is extreme, but we're certainly not done. I mean, NFL, there's NFL so ridiculous with the injuries. I mean, every year, but this may be one of the worst ever.
1: Yeah. And there's no way to, you know, simulate is simulate game action other than just having games. Because, you yeah. know, we talked about this on the XM show today. You know, the Nick Chubb uh, hit, for instance, the concussion he got there. The entire Browns team was mad at the guy that hit Chubb. Uh, and the th- thing is, he was making a football play.
2: Yeah, I mean, what you got to do is be at home, have, you know, your family take a baseball bat to your head when you're wearing a helmet. Get a real concussion at home. And then you're actually prepared for the the season. So. Yeah, if you lose consciousness, you know your family's done a good job. So. I saw
1: the head-to-head, head-to-head hit on uh, Sunday night uh, against Harry, and I think he played through a concussion after that, possibly. I, th- I know you alluded to that in your article. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the thing is, I, that used to be, like, every Sunday, and now it's, a, like, it's an immediate ejection, which, okay, that's the rule. I get it. I, sometimes I think these are kind of hard to avoid. You know, the, the receiver is leaning forward, the tackler is leaning forward. Maybe he led with his helmet, but man, it, it's full speed action. I think we break it down in the super slow mo. Oh, yes, he definitely let, you know, that's a helmet there. Now, sometimes it's a shoulder, too, by the way. Uh, and I just, I kind of wonder, uh, are we, uh, do we have too much of a hair trigger here?
2: Well, it's funny because – and I'll, this will relate, but um, I was yelling at Sasha the other day because she just like tries to annoy me sometimes. Like she's just – literally her only aim but, from her behavior is to annoy me specifically.
1: So difficult I'm like, just, to do.
2: And I'm like yeah, – She
1: must have exactly. really have to work
2: at it. <laughs> no, she does work at it, believe it or not. And I'll be like, just stop it. Like this is so annoying. Stop hitting me while I'm trying to work. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. And I'll get really annoyed. And uh, I was talking to my friend uh, on the phone, actually my friend who has the same birthday as you. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, I I get annoyed. He has a kid who's kind of like her, like, you know, rambunctious and like, you know, outgoing and, you know, push and shove and try to get you to get mad. And he said he has the same thing with him, but his wife who's in like the field of like child therapy, that's what his wife does. is like, you can yell at them, but they really can't help themselves. Like they really cannot help themselves. You can yell as much as you want, but the reality is, it's not like they just can't, they just, they're just driven to do stuff, stupid stuff. Cause they're kids and you, you will not deter them from doing it by getting mad. And he's not sure if she's correct, but he just said that's her view about those kind of things. And I kind of mm-hmm. think it's a similar thing. It's like, give these guys all the ejections and flags and fines you want, but like, either they're going to play DB, you know, especially safety or they're not. And if they are, um, That's it. They're going to smack guys in the helmet sometimes, you know? I mean, there's no Jack Tatum's anymore, really. So it's, you know, this is a, they're not head hunting. They're just going to put on a serious lick on this guy to separate him from the ball. Yeah. And it either, either you're playing defense or you're not. I don't really know what, what else you're going to do.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, I'm not saying that the call on quadru Diggs was bad. Uh, I, in fact, it was probably, it was the right call, I think, but, and I've seen plenty worse. I've seen other times where like hit on a defenseless receiver no, oh, he's trying to knock the ball out. He's trying to make a catch. That's playing right. defense. He, I see right. that he's, all the time. The and receiver's just, def- Yeah, they're pretty
2: defenseless because he's making a catch. But what are you supposed to do? Let him make
1: the catch? Yeah, it just drives me crazy. Oh, I'm going to reach my hand in here, get the hand on the ball, and that's it. You can't put the shoulder to him. You can't. I mean, I get you, you throw the helmet into the guy. Okay, fine. Uh, but I, I see so many other times. It's so It happens so fast. you got guys that, you know, Big guys, you see DK Metcalf running across the field at a four five forty, trying to make a catch and all that. And you're and you're, you're smaller. Four than five, him. Jeff He's four three one. Well, I'm just saying that there's times when he's not at his full speed. He's no, got got making a cut yeah. after all, yeah. uh, and we know his lateral movement isn't isn't yes. acceptable, Chris. Right. Absolutely, <laughs> but yeah. you know. I, I, you know, and he's just like, no, that's just what chances does he have once he secures the ball. No, but he and he's out of a job if he can't make that play. By the way, you know, you you have you have to be able to make plays. I feel very sympathetic to these backs, it's, in so much as I I guy who sits on his chair can feel sympathy for a NFL player. You know, it's just it's hard for him to do his job. No, I agree, I agree. I mean, I
2: I just think football's rough. There's gonna be some rough stuff. And unless like there's a guy who shows some intent, uh, I would just let him. I don't think it's it doesn't change it. How many guys get concussed? It's not. We I mean, they should really do a study. I'd like to do, do a study. And this is an easy one to do. Have there been more, you know, more or fewer concussions since they changed the rules? Right. Since they penalized people? Because if if there haven't been fewer, then don't waste time with 15 yard penalties. I mean, th- these. You know, the penalties we've talked about this a lot change the game. And so you really don't want to over legislate, especially stuff that can't be helped.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's unevenly enforced, too. That's the other thing. It's not like there's this, you know, concussion robot out there making the calls or helmet to helmet robot out there, you know, saying it. It's not like calling balls and strikes where you could actually automate this. It's all judgment call. And you've got, these supreme athletes moving at max speed with younger, you know, younger guys moving with older guys who can't get in position, possibly get in the right position every time to see it at the perfect angle. I mean, it's a very hard, hard job to have to do, by the way. But you know, it's just I agree. I mean, yeah, you know, I'd like to see that that that's the results of that study. Bring I back that's... Jack Tatum. Just bring back Jack Tatum.
2: Just have a headhunter, have bounties. Bring back what's his name, Greg Williams, Jack Tatum. Yeah. Let's make this – let's let's just, you know,
1: let's be real about this, Jeff. Let's rip the band off. Hall of Famer John Lynch. You know, yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah, he made some big hits. I mean, it's, it's very difficult. Ronnie Lott. Bring him back. You know, yeah, I mean, that's he right. He'll probably play tomorrow, but – Kenny Easley. Yeah.
2: Uh, David Fulcher we will go – bang. Steve Atwater. Steve yeah. Atwater on that hit on Christian Akoya on Monday night. Yeah. Famous
1: hit. Yeah, you, you keep going. And the thing is, yeah, there, there's plenty of those, and – you got to have to – it kind of makes you wonder. But, uh, yeah, anyways, that Seattle-New England game, by the way, it was unreal to me that the Pats even had a chance to, to you know, getting uh, – get got down to one play by the goal line to win or lose that game. I, I think this was one of the under – you know, things I, that – and part of the problem for me is I was catching up. I, I went – had to pause it to go for di- – have dinner. So I missed the very – you know, I, I had to, like, pause it and – you know, watch it after it kind of ended. So I didn't, I wasn't on Twitter as it was happening. So I didn't see like questioning, like the Seahawks allowing the Pats to, you know, you know, that third down, third and one play where they threw long and incomplete. You know, we always complain about them running into the pile, but sometimes, you know, forcing them to burn a timeout slash, you know, let the clock run is the optimal play. And if you get the first down even better, but even still, It's better than stopping the clock for him and punting away. It seems like this seems to crop up with the Seahawks all the time. That time management for Pete Carroll is not one of his strengths. Yeah, that dude's not splitting the atom, Pete Carroll. He's a good coach, but he's not splitting the atom. He's a leader of men type of guy. Yeah, Ron
2: Rivera, Pete Carroll, Mike Tallman. Those guys aren't like, you know, they get it done. You know, they're not cowards. They're they're leaders of men, and they're not afraid to do stuff. Right. But they're not splitting the atom. But... I will say this, that, uh, Cam Newton was incredibly sharp. I mean, he was just zinging the ball around. He threw one bad pick that he shouldn't have thrown, but pretty much zipping around to these very mediocre receivers. Julian Edelman had his career high in yardage. I, I, Julian Edelman's played for, you know, 10, 10, years with Tom Brady and he has career high in his second game with Cam Newton. He was sharp and he was running, Throwing on the run and getting out of, you know, harm's way, there was pressure on him a lot. And he made just great reads when to run, when to throw. He looked good. I mean, it looked like you had like Cam Newton, who had been battling injuries for a while and had gotten in some sloppy habits and was not that well coached on the Panthers. And even though the receivers on the Patriots aren't great, although Edelman 34 still looked pretty good, and, and Nikhil Harry looked slow, but he looked like he was playing concussed. Um but you get this guy in a system where like they actually, I don't know know how to coach up a quarterback and it just looks like Newton is, he looked amazing. I mean, I was watching that game. I was like, this guy is like MVP level. Good. I mean, it was, I was like, how's, how is he this good? The ball was just on the money, great decisions, right in the right place.
1: It was, it was something to see. Ted Bell and I are playing each other in the, uh, the Sin City League, uh, Vegas, the league that we used to do in Vegas uh, during the All-Star break, used to be the Stopa League. And, you know, it's a two-quarter – it's a superflex, which means two-quarterback. And I, I was – you know, I, we were playing each other this week. He's got Burrow. I've got Cam. And he's like, we can't do it this week because we're playing each other. But we should really do a Burrow for Cam just because, you know, because, because, you know, for our respective teams. Thursday right. night, Burrow has a pretty darn good game. And you're like – well, I, you know, I don't really, want, I don't know if I want to trade because I was pretty happy with the Cam, you know, Cam Price. I was, I thought that would be pretty good. Then actually, the game happens, and I'm like, I just can't do it. As good as Burrow looked, his line is lousy, and you know, Cam did this against a what I think might be a pretty good defense. Maybe it's not that good of a defense. Uh, we'll see about that. But I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm kind of thinking like I can't make that trade. Yeah,
2: no, I wouldn't make it. I like Burrow and I you told me to start him and I sat him for Wentz and that was cost me big time in uh my Michael Thomas league. And I had some other things go right, but I if I had switched the QBs, I think I would have got a win instead of a loss. But um I was really dumb. But yeah, no, Cam is Cam is top five. I mean Burrow's good. Burrow will be in some shootouts and stuff, but and he'll run a bit and he looked pretty good. But Cam is Top five. Cam may be QB one. I mean, this is, you know, Lamar Jackson is sick of a year as he had. I mean, Cam may have a year like that. Cam's gonna get fifteen touchdowns if he's healthy. He's yeah. gonna get fifteen. He's the goal line guy. He, I mean, he's got four already, and he could easily had five if they get in from the one yard line. He's two three hundred ninety seven yards too. Yeah, and it was it was accurate, and it's only gonna get better because he's new to the system. Nikhil Harry may be a guy in year two. Um, some of these other guys are going to develop a little bit if, you know, maybe, but there's a chance. So it's, uh, yeah, Cam is elite. He's an elite quarterback right now.
1: Freely at least uh, to the entire league, too. Yeah. How uh, how do other these other teams just, and he signs for like this cheap, cheap contract, too. It's kind of, in a way, it's kind of disgusting that the, the Pats are able to swoop in and, you know, do this. He's not getting, you know, quarterback pay like other guys do in the league. No. Some of these guys that, you know, Marcus Mariota gets a contract, but Cam can't think about that. Right. So Cam, luckily I think is still pretty
2: rich from his first Panthers contracts, his first two contracts, I think. Sure. And endorsements so and all that. He's so not, he's good. Not you know, is, yeah. he's not like he's, you know, a guy in his first contract, who has got, you know, 800 grand a year or something. And quarterbacks would get more anyway, but yeah, yeah. you know, like some of these running backs. So that's good. And secondly, um, yeah, I mean, there was there's a whole sort of media thing of Cam didn't you know show up after the Super Bowl loss or can't. It's always this like buzz about you know, you know what a bad guy he is. But like none of his teammates ever said anything negative about him. It seemed they right. all seemed to really like him. You know, the guy played hurt. Um, he was an MVP. You know, he didn't have great weapons a lot. He just kind of never really had that much continuity. And uh, and the Patriots are like, sure, we'll take a shot at him. And it's like, dude, this guy is so much. I mean. Again, like he's, you know, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, these guys are a joke, you know, Marcus Mariota. These guys are not even, it's not even the same stratosphere as him. And now, you know, watching that game, I mean, yeah, there's like the elite tier with Mahomes and and Russell Wilson. But like, is Cam or Dak Prescott better? Who's better? I don't know. I mean, Prescott's younger. I'd rather have Prescott as a franchise guy because he's younger. But am I sure that Prescott's a better quarterback than Cam? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure either. And... You know, I, I think that that's it, it and you know, I, I think that's it's, it's really amazing though to see that you know just the Bears they traded for Nick Foles, and if a guy that's not can't even beat out Mitch Trubisky, who by the way, after that heroic Week One comeback, didn't look that great against your Giants. I, I'm I finished the rewatch on that game, and eh, I know Anthony Miller drops to t- dropped a touchdown pass and caused another interception, but eh, he's just he's just kind of eh not that great.
2: No, he's not. Obviously, Trubisky's not very good. But, I mean, it's just the sick part about Trubisky is just what they passed. They traded up and they yeah. passed up Pat Mahomes and, and Watson. But Mahomes, right. I mean, dude. It's it's so I, – I, I can't even imagine. I mean, the Giants took someone bad. Who did they take that year? They didn't take someone very good. That was 2017. What was year that was that? that
1: the uh, guy that had the incident with the uh, – It might have been Evan. Guard, the I gate think, guy? Um, no, 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 that was the fourth round. They got that guy. Yeah. But, but
2: um, no, I think they took Evan Ingram, which is just a horrendous pick. Right. Uh, and but let me see. Look, I'm going to look this up whether they took him ahead of Mahomes. I don't think they took him ahead of Mahomes, but I, I'd be borderline suicidal if I were a Bears fan. So yeah, so 2017, Trubisky goes second and Mahomes goes 10th. Watson goes 12th. Where the Giants pick? Oh, they took Evan Ingram twenty third. They, they picked twenty. They must have traded down their pick. So, yeah, that's not you know, it's
1: a terrible pick. But they didn't have a shot at those guys. Right. Uh, that that's true. So and I'm yeah, that, it's a hell of a draft. By the way, it doesn't. I don't think the Giants traded that year. I think that was their slot. It was twenty three. Yeah, I can't remember. They make
2: the playoffs. They, they would have had to make the playoffs. They I don't remember be. that. Yeah, but Miles Garrett, Solomon Thomas, who got hurt yesterday. Oh yeah, it was the year. It was the year that Spagnola made the
1: playoffs. He had like one year where they made the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. Let's talk Niners, by the way. I want to talk about crazy injuries. You know, we, I mentioned Thomas because you know he's like he ranks like sixth among their key injuries. And this is a guy that was drafted one point three. And granted, he he didn't hasn't lived. He's out a bust, that. though. Yeah, but he's not. He's a, he's a starter though, nonetheless. Yeah, but he lost Bosa for the year. They lost uh, Kittle for this Kittle didn't even play this game. They lost mostert. It doesn't look like it's as big. it's a he's out he's ruled out though. He's for, ruled out for uh, week, week three. three. I don't think they want anybody significant playing on that turf again uh, in, in New York because they're playing the Giants this week, same field. it's It's kind of crazy. Two weeks in a row, they're playing the same field. Uh, but you know it's uh, you know to me it, it's it's a mess They lost Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the high ankle sprain. he's probably not going to play. Uh, you know, that next week, it's probably Nick Mullen's time. Uh, they, they lost, uh, so many different guys. They, and it just came down. They lost Tevin Coleman. Uh, yeah,
2: the Coleman's like their worst player, but they, they lost Richard Sherman. Yeah. Okay. So they lost a Forrest Buckner to free agency. Yeah. They lost well, that was a trade Richard, with the Colts, a trade with the Colts. a trade. But I mean, that's, you know, a key guy in their defense, huge guy in their defense. They lose Nick Bosa for the year. They lost Richard Sherman for, is on IR for a few games. That's their best cornerback. They lost, yeah, Kittle Kittle and Nick Bosa, we were talking about this on XM, would be two of the top, arguably two of the top five non-quarterbacks in the league, like yeah. if you were to held the draft tomorrow and say, okay, all the quarterbacks are spoken for, we're drafting the non-cubes. Kittle and Nick Bosa, two, maybe two of the top five, both, one's out for the year, one's out, who knows when Kittle will be back. Debo's out, Ayuk was out, he played a little bit last week, didn't do much. I mean, they're just they're down so many. I've never seen a team lose that many key guys. Their quarterback, two top five non-quarterbacks, a cornerback that was a pro bowler last year, a couple of running backs.
1: Their MRI truck broke down on the drive there. Their plane got hit uh, at the, you know, before they took off on the way over. It's just surreal looking at them. Debo's still on the IR. He'll miss next week. Richie James is on the IR. Jalen Hurd's, you know, they were hoping to would get some of him he's done for the year. Uh it just it's just crazy how bad it is. Yeah, it's it's the worst I've ever seen through two weeks. Yeah. And you know, I, I think part of it is they, you know, it's not a division game this upcoming week against your Giants. I mean, yeah, and you know, not not to belittle that team, but maybe they can get by without. But even if they can't you know, well, we're not the Jets, Jeff. We're not the Jets. Like, don't just assume
2: you're going to win with none of your well, players. I was just, yeah. you know,
1: I was remarking how the uh, the Seattle game came down to one play at the end, and that was remarkable. How smooth Seattle looked all night, just to for it to come down to that last play is kind of surreal. Well, the Giants came down to a play at the ten ten yard line, and it, you know, if not for a bad penalty for Golden Tate, maybe they even have a couple of shots at the end zone there. You know that that that's crazy. As the Giants looked like they were on the struggle bus all game long. And here they are. They they grind out that ninety five yard drive. Deion Lewis fights on fourth down for the touchdown. Looked like he could handle goal line carries. By the way, uh, I'm not. You know, I, I've seen a lot of buzz about. Well, hey, Gallman would have been the 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 backup. He he'd be the real workhorse if Barkley gets hurt. Maybe that's true. I don't know. Lewis looked the part to me. Maybe it's just because he was the only guy there. But yeah. I, I wouldn't be so sure. It's Gallman.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think it's Gulm. I mean, Gulm was a healthy scratch for that game and um Deion Lewis is five eight, one ninety-five, and has a litany of injuries. He's he's twenty nine years old yeah. and has just been injured so much and he weighs 195 pounds. There's just no way Deion Lewis is gonna get, you know, fifteen, twenty carries a game. He got eleven he's at eleven on the year so far. How many did he get this, this a ten he got ten yesterday, averaged two yards a carry. He's the pass. he's the third down back. I mean, that's what his job is. He can't do the early down stuff. So he's James white. He's one of those guys, you know, just third down back. So they're going to need an early down guy. It might be Gallman. They may sign somebody, someone like Devonta Freeman, which I think is pointless, but um, yeah, who knows? I, I don't think it's going to be a very, uh, I don't think there's any reason to rush out and, you know, you know, put a token fab bit in just in case, but it's not very good. Their Their offensive line isn't good. And, So I don't think uh, I wouldn't invest much in this waiver wire for the Giants
1: running backs. Yeah, I definitely go after Mike Davis first. Uh, Yeah, for sure. And Jared McKinnon, if he's in your league. Right. Jeff Wilson's going to be active next week. Pretty sure he's going to be involved. I would take him over the Giants backs. Put it that way. Yeah, I think so, too. Probably. I think they're, you know, they're both going to be involved in that game. McKinnon actually looks good. It's just he's another guy you question whether he could hold up.
2: Yeah, McKinnon. I mean, just he had the knee injuries the last couple of years, but he there's nothing. There's no reason he couldn't hold up, except for that. So I think they'll ease him in. I think McKinnon will start, and he'll get like, I would say he get like ten carries and six targets, and they mix it up with Jeff Wilson. And then if the more McKinnon holds up, the you know the more work he could get.
1: Maybe they bring back the uh, who's the guy that they uh, uh, Jamichael Hasty? Then he yeah. yeah. Uh, Good in yeah, a they don't training work. camp? Yeah, they just don't want to rush him. You know? Yeah, it was, it was a forced decision. Uh, yeah. But uh, did he sign on their practice squad? Yes, he Yeah, he was. He's on their practice squad. So, I mean, there's almost certainly he's going to get called up to that this week. Would, yeah, unless they sign Freeman. But it's funny, Devonta
2: Freeman, like, who the hell wants Devonta Freeman? But it's just funny that name keeps coming up because he's like the one
1: guy that's unsigned still. Yeah, I drafted him one best ball league thinking, oh, he'll sign somewhere. Right, he's the best name out there, but uh, hasn't happened yet. Still could happen, though. Still could. So, maybe still so. possible. Yep. All right. Uh, quick note before we move on. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market on which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, "I've had stock in this player since day one"? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Patrick Mahomes in his rookie year. You knew this would happen. Now it's reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Then, deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is an earnings report. If the player beats his projections, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. And, man, a lot of guys' uh, stock, a lot of sell-offs would be happening this week after all these injuries. Uh, we mentioned McCaffrey a little bit. Mike Davis looks like a, you know, a pretty good pickup. Uh, and, you know, they, they cut, uh, and this is another team where you kind of have to start digging in the depth chart there. Uh, they made a cut. Uh, you know, Trenton Cannon is the guy they kept. As the third, uh, which is kind of interesting, over Reggie Bonifun. maybe uh, you know, Bonifun gets signed back. You know, we'll see. Now the thing is, McCaffrey could be put on IR, and it still could be like that—that that short-term IR. You know, that—that's still a possibility. Or the Panthers could start off zero six, and they'll say like, "Eh, we've signed you at a long-term deal. Why, why rush you back?"
2: I, I mean, I think it's possible. I, I mean, you're going to hold on to him because if and when he does come back he's just such a monster. I mean, he'll get, you know, get eight, 10, 12 catches in a PPR league and you just, you can't, you can't cut him. And, you know, football players like to play football. So, you know, we always say, oh, well, why would they do that? They have a long-term, you know, this doesn't make sense. Why are they playing these guys in week 17 or why are they, but like, it's their job. A lot of them just take pride in going out and playing and not being like, they're not, uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like a video game or something where the optimal strategy is do X. So I'm going to do X. You know what I mean? It's like it's their job. Like they, so, so McCaffrey seems like the type of guy that if he's healthy, he's going to play.
1: That's true. Uh, A couple other guys uh, to talk about here. Uh, Let's talk Denver. Drew Locke is out at least two weeks. Two to six is a pretty wide range. Uh, He's got a a rotator labral issue in his right shoulder. Uh, it's cha- that's the, de- the diagnosis, the MRI, and that changed the diagnosis from a strained AC joint to this, this rotator labral issue. I don't know which is worse, uh, but either way, he's out for a while. Jeff Driscoll finished and looked okay against Pittsburgh. I've seen him on the Bengals before. He, he has the ability to look okay at times. I think when, you, when you're the full-time starter, that can sometimes be different. He's For instance, I think he's more mobile than Locke. And so it's a different type, type of guy to prepare for a little bit. Now he gets to the Bucks in week three.
2: Yeah, uh, you know Driscoll, he, he seems all right. You know he's he, was he was he on uh, where he was, was Detroit, he last year? Last year he was on Detroit and he was on the Bengals that. the year before. I remember on the Bengals and, and even on Detroit, he, looked he seemed serviceable last year. He was terrible.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I, I remember seeing him like rally from behind, like make a comeback but maybe just it was one decent game or one decent quarter. I saw, I don't know. It doesn't seem like any worse than Locke. Locke is just a prospect that most people didn't think was really going to pan out. Sutton's out for the year, obviously, but KJ Hamler's getting targets now and Jerry Judy, Noah fan. It's still like kind of an interesting thing when some running, that's a guy I would actually, you know, the two QB like, obviously everyone's on him immediately, but, um, Maybe a little. It's it's hard in a one QB league. It's hard to even tout a sleeper QB because so many options. But um, it's kind of it's kind of interesting in that situation with the running ability.
1: It is, it is. But eh. yeah, you know, I think that once you have time to prepare for him, you you like okay. Well, let's do this to make sure he doesn't get outside as much. Okay, fine, because he's not going to beat us this way. It's not like Deshaun Watson when he gets outside and he you know okay now he's running and he's dangerous. Uh, it's okay. Now he's outside. He can run, and that's what he's going to do. He's not going hit, to hit, hurt you too much with throwing on the run. I think that's the difference.
2: Yeah. Well, you 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 watched him as a Bengals fan, so you know more than me about this guy. Yeah. I
1: mean, he came in once, you know, a couple, you know, one year when Dalton got hurt and looked okay at first. And you're like, okay, fine, he, he could be all right. And then, nah, it, 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 he got solved pretty quick. That was that was the way I saw it
2: yeah i i, I want to look at his numbers on detroit for some reason I thought he was better than uh they were surprisingly okay and uh so I want to look it up, but maybe maybe he is terrible
1: yeah maybe so
2: but okay uh they, i'm looking i'm pulling it up right now he had seven he had seven point five y p oh that was a Denver in one game six point five y p a on detroit four four touchdowns, four picks i mean it's not great, but then you add some running yards it wasn't that terrible.
1: Yeah. I guess you could use them in a pinch. Yeah. Um, well, there's going to be guys to bid on in our Yahoo leagues. We, we, we bid tomorrow night, uh, you're in a super flex league, you know, like I am where I have Gar- Garoppolo and I have Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I, I've got some hard decisions to make, you know, I'm going to hold on to Taylor because Anthony Lynn is saying, you know, that, well, he's going to be, you know, he'll be the starter when healthy. I don't know if I buy that. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I take that at face value. I might. They might just say, well, he's not quite healthy yet. We're, we don't want to take any chances. Let's give uh, the kid another shot. Let's give Justin Herbert another shot. Herbert has another good game, and then it's all over.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's almost all over. But also um, what Lynn might be doing, which isn't that bad, is he might just be saying, if he's completely healthy, he'll get his job back, sort of you know, keeping the locker room happy, being like, you know, we're not just going to make this guy lose his job because he got, you know, this injury all of a sudden mm-hmm. uh, for this untested rookie who we beat out in training camp, but just kind of be like, well, he's getting better, but we just got to wait a couple weeks. And then Herbert's going to have a chance to cement the job at which point he doesn't have to make the case anymore. That's the optimistic way to look at it. The pessimistic way to look at it is like, no, he's really going to after the sixth overall pick had a really strong game Uh, He's really going to shelve him again, just because for God knows what reason.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's that's probably true. Uh, I do have one easy cut. uh, That that you know, I have Michael. I mean, not Michael Pittman. uh, Paris Campbell, and yeah, that's that's a tough one. Uh, You just can't stay healthy. Uh, I was counting on him to take the next step up, look good in week one against Jacksonville. Got hurt very early in that game, PCL injury. Yeah, he he's an easy cut, unfortunately. Yeah. Not even a second thought. Right. Uh, but the big one in Denver, going back to Denver, though, is Cortland Sutton tore up his knee. He's out for the year. Yeah, it's uh,
2: another prominent player. Yeah, he's done. And uh, yeah, that's why I was saying KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy might and Noah fan. Still, they still have a lot of depth. It's funny. They're you like, why are they drafting uh, Judy and Hamler in the first and second rounds when they have Sutton? That seems like overkill. But in the NFL, it's like never overkill. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, Oh yeah, we need all these guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Same thing. It's like pitching in baseball. Yeah. I remember, you know, still remember the Bronson Arroyo for Willie Pena trade. It's like Boston had like seven or eight starters. Like, okay, well, this Willie Pena guy, let's take a shot on him. He's got all this crazy power. You know, we'll just go ahead and take a shot on him and then, you know, cause we can spare a starter. No, they, they got like three injuries that year. Arroyo had like a good long career at the Reds. You know, it was a really bad trade for the Red Sox and you know, one of the few good trades the Reds made, but Uh, point is like, you can never, you know, that whole, we have that extra pitcher we can spare. Uh, you know, that, that's, that, that's just never, that's just a fallacy. You never have that. You never have this, you know, you can't have enough depth. It's just a question of finding a way to maintain that and still only have 53 active roster spots.
2: Yeah, that's true. And it's funny. Look at the Colts. It's like, well, they drafted Jonathan Taylor. They have Mac and Hines. What are they doing? Well, Mac's out for the year. (laughs) I'm sure like,
1: it's like week one, he's done. That's right, so yeah, another big injury there, uh, it just keeps going. That's the thing. It's like this week is just hideous in that respect. Uh, good news. You, go, go ahead, Chris. I,
2: I got something interesting. Is that uh, by the way, one thing is like the delay on XM is like tough. Like it's so much easier to talk on these on this oh. thing. Um, but it's like actually, oh, you, you're hearing me in real time. Um, so, but uh, was well, I just gonna say? Oh, like I'm. You know, we're talking about the season long rankings that I'm doing. Like, who's number one? It's like, you know, McCaffrey and Barkley Zeke. are gone, right? Zeke is number one. He's my number one. But like, who's number two? Aaron Jones is my number two. Aaron Jones is number two overall. I'm talking about just something.
1: So, you know, isn't there a little is recency th- bias? Well, if you count the last 18 games as recency. Well, yeah, that's, I guess that's true. I mean, but why weren't we, he wasn't even a first rounder for you this year.
2: Well, I should have taken him over Chubb. I had him and Chubb in the first round actually, but I had them both available in the second round. I took Chubb. But in retrospect, uh, I, Jones should have been, and I was actually questioning that. Like if you were at the end of the draft, i like, why are you taking Joe Mixon over Aaron Jones? Like, you know, what's at the end of the, that round? Like what's the difference between all these guys? Yeah. But there was, people just seem to think, oh, they drafted AJ Dillon. We talked about this with Tom Kessenick today. Like, oh, there they must have some reason to have drafted AJ Dillon. No, they didn't Really? They didn't really have a real reason to do that. But we just assumed they wouldn't have taken him in the second round unless they, you know, especially after taking a quarterback that's not going to play in the first round. At least one of their picks had to have a purpose. Nope, an immediate purpose. But if you look about it, like the who were the best players in fantasy last year? Well, as McCaffrey was the best. Lamar Jackson was great. And then it was like, okay, well, well, who else was like really, you know, Michael Thomas? Okay. Well, those guys were all, you know, Lamar Jackson's a quarterback, so he's a little bit later. But, you know, Thomas and McCaffrey are first and fifth respectively. And then, um, well, who's the other difference maker well, it's Dalvin cook and Aaron Jones. Well, Dalvin cook, despite being injury prone and having a contact contract issue was going like sixth. Why was Aaron Jones in the second round? He was the other guy. He was that other difference maker last year. There was like five guys last year that really mattered. And Aaron Jones is one of them. And then
1: for two games, he's been exactly the guy he was last year. I say, I'll say one thing, constantly ranking and re-ranking is probably good. Gives you. First of all, you're you're more up on exactly what everybody in the league is doing. I think that that applies probably to baseball too. It's harder in baseball because it's just a bigger universe and there's categories, so it's not the same thing. But the the other thing too is though it does kind of challenge. I think it serves to challenge our assumptions about like how we're doing in the first place. Like, did we do this? you know, by loading up on running backs 13 out of 14 or maybe or, or at, maybe it's 10 out of 12 depending on how how you drafted some leagues i've seen three receivers go in the first round 9 out of 12 like i saw Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams go in the first round i saw Hopkins go in the first round once saw Julio go in the first round once it does kind of force you to challenge your assumptions like okay are we are, are, just because there's a finite number of running backs that we trust is it still the smart thing to force these running backs at the end of the first round? Maybe there's a smarter way. Yeah,
2: I mean, everybody was like, "Well, you don't want to be, you know, tipping into that running back pool in the third and fourth round. It's ugly, you know. You, there's a lot of receivers there. You want and
1: that was me, by the
2: way. That well, we all thought that. That was what everybody thought, you know. And then everybody also thought, you know, was all these things coming out like, oh, running backs are always the difference makers. You know, if you have a McCaffrey or 2018 Barkley or something, it's such a huge difference maker. And these receivers that get, you know, 90 for 1100 and eight touchdowns, that's not going to be the huge difference maker of all time. And quarterbacks are worthless and never draft a quarterback. Always wait on court. All this like bullshit. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's some, uh, yeah, orthodoxy. It's not bullshit, but it's orthodoxy. And it's like, yeah, that's what it pans out. You know, that's how it sometimes pans out. But we know running backs are, uh, more injury prone. We know that five years ago it was all receivers in the first round. It was mostly receivers. Remember, I mean, it was Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham. And the, the, this, it was like the first round had like eight receivers and four running backs in 2015. Mm-hmm. And the zero running back thing, you know, was successful. And that was, you know, how it used to be. And then, you know, of course the running backs the last few years. So it's cyclical also. And then, you know, the other thing that that I'm going to write about tomorrow on East Coast Offense is how, I think the quarterback might be the difference making position this year that, you know, and I got, I got into a, a debate with Scott Pienoski about this. Cause he was saying, Oh, it's so easy to find a quarterback you're happy with. And I agree that like, it's easy to find a quarterback who gets you, you know, 280 yards and two touchdowns most weeks. And they're like, yeah, I got my 24 points out of my quarterback. I'm happy with that. That's easy. And he's totally right about that. But you know, when Dak's getting you, you know, 450 yards passing and two or three rushing touchdowns, you're like, wait a second. I just have Ben Roethlisberger. Like what the hell I'm I'm giving up 20 points. Or if you see cam scoring, you know, a couple of rushing touchdowns thrown through 350, or, you know, what Russell Wilson's been doing every week. Yeah. You're like, well, or Josh Allen, who's now suddenly learned how to pass Kyler Murray with, you know, 90 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in addition to passing stats. You're like, wait a second. I've got Jared Goff. That was supposed to work out. Like what's going on here. And, um, I, I think that you know, the way the human mind works is they, we, we have things and we categorize things, we categorize things. We put them into boxes and we're like, yeah, set at receiver, got good running backs. I'm solid at quarterback with golf and or Roethlisberger, whichever one has a better matchup. I'm good at, you know, whatever tight end. And you just categorize that as checked off. And why, why do you think that's okay to have Roethlisberger golf? Well, because they're going to get you, you know, 20 points a week. They're going to get you the standard amount of, they're going to get you more points than probably even your good receivers are getting. Cause they're quarterbacks and you feel comfortable with that. But it's all it's all relative. It's all relative to what the everybody else is doing. And the fact is there's like six or seven QBs, and you can throw in Matt Ryan, who's gonna be in to throw a million passes this year. Where you know, it's it's not just two eighty and two, it's like three eighty and four. <laughs> That's what you gotta get. Or, you know, two eighty and two plus seventy and two rushing touchdowns. It's just the numbers they're putting up are just you know off the charts. It started, you know, with Mahomes a couple of years ago and then, you know, Lamar Jackson and and so, you know, you may have six or seven QBs that are putting up 35 a week instead of 24 a week. And that 10 point difference is the same as, you know, skipping that third round receiver and taking a, a sixth or seventh round receiver. So, um, I, I think quarterbacks may be difference makers this year. And I'm going to write about it because I, I think that we're trained to say this doesn't matter. And the same thing with kickers, it's like, Oh, kickers don't matter. Take one to their last pick. Well, if you have Butker or Justin Tucker, you're like, dude, I'm getting like 17 points a week. You guys are lucky if you don't get, you know, three extra points and no field goals or a couple of short miss field, you know, a couple of short field goals. They don't even try long field goals with your kicker. My kickers getting me 17 points a week in the NFFC.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm on board with you on that one. You converted me on the Tucker argument. Uh, in fact, I even got you in one league on that one there. But did you get Butker yeah. in that league? So it, or did you get? or uh, No, I got lots. I got lots. Yeah. It could be. Uh, and that, and that, that could be okay. So, you know, you never know, but, uh, it's, it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, I, I think that's, I think you're right that you want difference makers at positions. Just, we, you know, I think the difference, the, the difference is too, it's just Butker and and Tucker and probably Lutz have, have gotten so good. Uh, and I think that's the difference. I think Josh Lambeau is almost that good too, but his team's just not, you know, maybe his team's good enough to support that now. Yeah, they're gonna. uh, Minshew looks good. Minshew
2: looks like he's gonna be in the league ten years. Like to me, this guy just looks like a quarterback. Makes good decisions. I mean, you got to be accurate. You got to have a minimum amount of arm strength. But really, it's like stuff's happening really quickly. You got to see what's happening and be decisive. And you have to have enough athleticism to to execute. I think he checks those boxes. I feel pretty. I trust the guy. I feel like when I I was. I had the Titans and survivor and I was very worried. The only reason I didn't lose is because it, someone tipped a pass and it I got luckily intercepted and Titans could run out the clock, but they were in trouble. Titans defense is pretty good in there at home. That was, you know, Minshew was having no problem with it.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, he, he looked, he, he looked great. Uh, and, you know, James Robinson looked great. You uh, know, and you know, Fournette had a good game for the bucks late in that one there. But I, I, I see kind of what, was driving the Jaguars here a little bit too. Uh, that Robinson, I can see why they're enthusiastic about him, uh, and uh, and maybe it just fits well with that Minshew offense too. And if if you had Fournette like bagging on Minshew all along, and you know he saw that comment, I get to play with a real quarterback and all that. Yeah, get out of here. Good to get him gone, right?
2: Yeah, I mean sometimes things sour dynamic sour it's not necessarily that fournette couldn't have a good relationship with his next franchise or the jaguars are a terrible franchise that nobody should play for it's just things sour and it's better to just move on you know fournette was there with the coughlin fiasco and maybe it rubbed him the wrong way and then he got a little bit annoyed and was kind of a jerk or whatever. who knows you know i mean that things were just tense and and so it was just a bad time for both. They move on and you know, Fournette looks like the starter in Tampa, unfortunately, since I have a lot of Ronald Jones and he looks so good in week one. And um but it is what it is. But yeah, I I yeah, I don't know that James Robinson's great, but certainly no reason if you're the Jaguars to hold on to him.
1: I mean to hold on to Fournette when you have Robinson. Yeah. So uh what are you working on for East Coast offense?
2: Well that was it. You know, basically talking about how the QBs and even a little bit of the kickers okay. maybe they're difference makers and you know, the the whole point of drafting is, is to have maximum leverage at each point. Like, okay, well what's the opportunity cost of passing this up? What's who are the difference makers? And I kept in, you know, in round six, I kept seeing Prescott and I kept saying, I'm taking this guy. I, I want to take Prescott. He just seems like the, with the receivers he has, it's going to be, you know, bananas and he runs, it's going to be so good. Like, why am I taking Jarvis Landry or Tyler Boyd or one of these receivers when I can get a bunch of receivers and figure it out? And I get, it. I mean, Boyd has his value. He wasn't even making it to the sixth round in, some, in, in one of them. And I'm like, all right, just give me Prescott. And so far, so good. I'm, I'm happy with that. And I just want to write about how we get into these habits of we, – we have these like shortcuts, these heuristics. Like, okay, well, we obviously want difference makers. That's what wins leagues. So we say, well, who's a difference maker? Well, the quarterbacks aren't really difference makers. Don't take one of those. Okay, that's usually true, so let's wait on quarterback. And then, even if a quarterback is a difference maker, no, it violates the rule. So we don't even look at it. We don't see what's in front of our face. The kicker, oh, the kicker, you never take a kicker. You know, I took Tucker in like the 15th round. I he should have gone on the 10th round, but like you never take a kicker, so nobody takes one. So you didn't even have to take him that early. But look under your nose. These are difference makers. You know, you have elite guys who are the greatest kickers of all time playing for some of the best offenses in the league. You've got to pay up for that in a league where you get 55, you get 5.5 points for a 55 yard field goal. Well, you know, that's, that adds up. I mean, every week you want to like try your hand with the Nick folks of the world when someone's got Harrison Butker on their team.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, you feel really good when you get Cam Newton, when you're waiting on the quarterbacks or last year, Lamar, if you have, you you know, and sometimes you have a target and that's great. Uh, And you get them and you know, Cam, you could have gotten them in every league if you wanted to. That, that there's, that's a fact. If you were the Cam Newton guy, you could have gotten him in every single league. You know, there, there was not, I, I got him at six bucks in a QB flex league in an auction and you know, a deep auction, you know, that, that thing is, that was, that was, that was worse though. I mean,
2: it was great. It's worked out great, but like that one, he had downside and upside. And so downside mattered in the QB flex, whereas he should have gone for 15, but, but but the point is that was one
1: of the world's greatest misinformation tricks. Oh, he might not even start. Come yeah, on, well, yeah, own that one, you know. But uh, anyway, that, that was
2: terrible. That was terrible. But in a one QB league, it was automatic. I didn't do it, but but because by the time he signed, uh, I was already. First of all, he's a running quarterback, so I was NFFC. You get six for a passing touchdown, mm-hmm. I didn't like his receiver. so I was sort of like not as. And I was getting Prescott, so I never took camp. But in retrospect, the ceiling for a one QB league where ceilings all that matters uh, was so high that that should have been everybody's target. You know, once you got out of the top 10 rounds, it's like, cam, yeah, give me, why am I messing around with Baker Mayfield or, you know, Ryan Tannehill or whoever Tannehill has some upside, but
1: cam had the most. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I found myself with a lot of Russ. I have a league with Russ and Kyler and a, and a super flex that worked out. Uh, but you know, I, I found myself not a lot of him. Uh, I don't have any Watson, you know, it's funny if we, if you got Dak, Kyler or Russ, you're feeling pretty strong, but if you have uh, Watson, you're probably like frustrated at that offensive line. But I, I would be, I'd be calm. I mean, it's going to stink this week against Pittsburgh too. But it's, then it's going to get better. Just hope that he survives it.
2: Yeah, hope that he doesn't get hurt. That's the key. Yeah, you know, week one he put up good fantasy stats because there's a lot of garbage time. Yeah. So he actually didn't hurt you in week one. But I, Watson was by far my lowest of that tier mm-hmm. because you know, who's their best receiver? You know, the injury-prone Will Fuller. I mean, yeah,
1: which already reared its ugly head with a uh, hammy uh, this past week. We still don't know the details on that one, but you know, whether, whether it's going to be a problem, he did come back and play, but he did have a problem with it.
2: Yeah. And so you've got, that's the best guy and you've got Bill O'Brien running the team punting in the worst possible
1: times. It's just not, except for, not uh, like, except for yesterday where he went, you know, he called, they went for it on fourth and one in their own territory. And of course it didn't work and everyone pilloried him for it. Um, uh, he, you know, he got, you know, and now he's never going to go for it again on fourth down again ever. I didn't I didn't even realize that 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 happened. Yeah. Yeah, that was early in the game. Uh and they, you know, Baltimore turned around and scored after that. And it was a pass. I think that was probably like well, what do you do a pass? Well, cuz you have you have Watson in open space. That's exactly what I what I'd like to see drawn up. So that it didn't work. I'm like, "Eh, that all the things to rip on Bill O'Brien for. That was not it. Yeah, I, I agree. It's the
2: one thing he did right. I actually think that the uh, Patriots of the goal line should have done what they did with Cam, where they faked the sneak and they just tossed it to a wide-open fullback. It's done a variation on that, where it was like, they have, had some other at least option. They that option.
1: If, yeah, if, some if option. If the run gets there. blown up. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, though? I think it was just a good defensive play. It happens. You know, Collinsworth was saying, oh, mm-hmm. that's unstoppable. Well, it's, it's stoppable. But not four times. The thing is, the problem is they only had one time. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah, I mean, it's
2: – you should get one yard, right? I mean, your average average team averages like 5.7 yards per play or 5.5 yards per play, so you should be able to get a yard. But sometimes you don't.
1: Yeah, so it goes. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. we got uh, Jake and Joe tomorrow. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please hit that subscribe button, rate and review us. Have a great day. Good luck Monday Night Football.